The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Well, it's time to talk NASCAR racing again here on the Fox 4 Podcast. We were in Martinsville today, saw some great racing. I'm Sam Atwell. I'm Brian Dealey. And we are, man, it's hard to believe that we're so far into the season already. We, we waited so long for it to get here. Now we're just clicking through these races like nobody's business. And uh, we're seeing some great racing. I thought today was a good good example of a good race. Yeah, and again, uh, just the two teams dominating the season. Uh Pinsky and Joe Gibbs, I mean, just those teams are on fire this year. Um, mainly, of course, Kyle Busch, he won the Xfinity race, or the truck race on Saturday. And then uh, Brad Kozowski already with his second win this season. Um, and just the other, their other teammates are doing well, too. Um, even Stuart Haas, they all, all four Stuart Haas drivers are in the top ten today. Um, yeah, great short track racing today. It was fun to be back at Martinsville. Let's go ahead and take a look and see where your favorite driver finished today in the STP 500 at Martinsville. In first place, Brad Kozlowski, again with his second win for the season. In second place, Chase Daylett, Hendrick Motorsports, I believe that is their best uh, spot for the season so far. In third place, Kyle Busch. Fourth, Ryan Blaney. Fifth place, Denny Hamlin. In sixth place, we have Kevin Harvick, followed by Emporia, Kansas native Clint Boyer. In 8th place, Morgan Turks Jr., Ninth, Eric Amarola, and in 10th, Daniel Suarez. Finishing 11th was Austin Dillon, 12th was Kurt Busch, 13th, Ty Dillon, 14th was Alex Bowman, Paul Menard was 15th, Ryan Priest 16th, Bubba Wallace 17th, Kyle Larson 18th, Joey Lacano was in 19th, and 20th was Matt DiBenedetto. In 21st place, we have Chris Busher, followed by William Byron in 22nd. In 23rd, Ryan Newman. In 24th, Jimmy Johnson. In 25th, Ricky Sinhaus Jr. In 26th, we have David Reagan, followed by Daniel Hemrick. In 28th, Landon Castle. 29th, Matt Tiff. And in 30th, Eric Jones. And finishing out the field, Michael McDowell in 31st. DJ Kennington in 32nd. Corey LaJoy, 33rd. Ross Chastain in 34th. Jeb Burton in 35th. And 36th was Cody Ware. So, yeah, um... Boy, the the uh, Penske teams are, uh, are are on fire this year, and there was just nobody. There was just nobody who could touch Keselowski today. There really wasn't. Chase Elliott challenged him a little bit, but when it came down to it, there, there just was nobody could keep up with him. No, uh, Keselowski. You know, this is I believe it's his second one of that track, but he always does so well there. Uh, Joey Logano as well. Um, he was on the pole, and I, I thought Logano was going to be the dominant car today. He has in the past, but Kozlowski just, it's impressive. 500 laps, as many as he was able to lead. The only person that was able to challenge him was Chase Elliott. But Kozlowski, I think, is just more experienced. And he, you know, having great pit stops. Uh, Clint Boyer did well today, but he had a, you know, pit road speeding penalties that kind of cost him. And Kozlowski, it just he had one of those days that nothing could really go wrong for him. Yeah, out of out of the 500, 500 laps, 
he led 446. So, yeah, you could say it was pretty dominating. Let's go ahead and hear from your winner today, Brad Kazowski, as he met with the media after the race. Yeah, it was a good day. It was a real good day. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the stats maybe look a little bit more dominant than I think it really was. I, I thought Chase was probably the best car most of the day today, and he passed me there with uh, 150 or so to go, and uh, thought that might be the end of our day, but uh, I was able to learn a few things from him and, and kind of dissect his strengths and weaknesses and make some adjustments of our own and come back out and, uh, you know, be a little bit better for it. Uh, Pit crew did an excellent job. Uh, gaining or retaining our track position all day, which is critical here at this racetrack. Uh, I feel like last fall we were probably even a little faster than we were today, and, and we, we lost some spots on that last stop and it cost us the win. Well, yeah, I would have to agree with him. He did have a pretty outstanding day. There was just, I mean, 446 laps led. The only – Chase Elliott led 49 laps, and the only other guy to lead a lap – was Joy Logano, and he only led five laps. Yeah. So this was total domination by the two-car. And, you know, Brad mentioned, you know, that it wasn't as easy as it looked. And, and Chase, towards the end, it looked like Chase was making some good moves and started getting more, a bit aggressive, but it was almost too late. At a track like Martinsville, five laps just is nothing at a half-mile track. Yeah, it, it, five laps, you're right, is absolutely nothing. He should have probably started his move – maybe with 10 to 15 laps to go. I think if he could have gotten in front of Keselowski, like he showed for the, for the laps that he did lead, when he was out front, he, he could, he could uh, actually build a lead and, and could actually kind of hang on to it. But you're absolutely right. I think he waited way too long to, to make that move. And, and someone, you know, Kozlowski's, he's one of the veteran drivers now. Um, as experienced as he is, you know, he's, you know, the – you know, one time Elliot was, or a couple times, was able to get past him. You know, Kozlowski was able to pretty much learn what Chase was doing and uh, keep him behind. Well, and, and Kozlowski said that, really, he mentioned in his post-race comments about how important the pit crew is at Martinsville and how them doing a good job is key to picking up the victory there because last year, he had some trouble on pit road, and it cost him probably cost him a win last year because they were really fast there last year. But it it was a whole team domination today by the number two team. Now Chase Elliott, I, I heard a statistic in the in the uh, race broadcast that said if Chase Elliott won at Martinsville, it would be the first time an Elliott had ever won at that racetrack. And I, that is just incredible to believe that his dad never won at Martinsville. Yeah, I, I just. I, I didn't couldn't realize, believe that. I didn't realize that. Yeah, Jeff Gordon was like, what? And Bill Elliott had to have won there, but no, I, I went back and checked, and he had never picked up a victory in uh, in Martinsville, and I that's pretty that's pretty amazing. And, and Chase, is he's knocking on the door to get, you know, grandfather clock. He's right there. He always does, seems to do well uh, in Martinsville. So does Clint Boyer. But Chase, I think, uh, when we come back there in the playoffs, um, is definitely going to be uh, someone to look out for. Um, He's definitely going to look at today and see what he could have done different and uh, improve. Exactly. I, another guy that, that uh, it seems like every week we talk about this guy, and, and he, he had another, he, he was going for another double win this weekend, and that's Kyle Bush. He won the truck race yesterday and was challenging. You know, he was up front, he was challenging for the lead, didn't quite get there, but. Man, what a season this guy's having! I mean, across all all forms, all all three levels of, of yeah, NASCAR, he's, he's just amazing. 
he's 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 definitely the the top. I mean, just I remember a few seasons back. I mean, Harvick, he was one of the drivers that just took off at the beginning of the season, and Kyle Busch is definitely the driver this season. Um, already having back to back wins. Um, he third place today. I mean, he Chase was you know trying to. I think one of the things that might have hurt Chase is he was busy. There were times like he was really having to battle Kyle Busch, and so he was trying to you know get up front to Kozlowski, and then he was having to fight off Kyle Busch, who like you know we said earlier won the truck race there yesterday, and I was actually sh- I was shocked that Kyle wasn't one of the ones sort of able to battle uh, Brad to be up there more, but uh, yeah, Kozlowski just. The day was his day. It's been a while since we've seen domination like that today. It, it, and I, I don't, you know, short tracks, the whole aerodynamics, the new package and everything that they've done to these cars, really on a short track like Martinsville doesn't make any difference. It's, it's all about driver control. And, and again, it's, it's about the pit, pit crew making the, the correct stops, no errors. It's about beating and banging on each other. And I thought they're towards the end. It was gonna get. I thought it was gonna get a little excited there because some guys were starting to get short tempered, and and it always happens on the short tracks. But we really didn't see a whole lot of beating and banging on each other like you usually do at Martinsville. No, I know uh, Ty Dillon and uh, William Byron, I believe, got into it at one point. Clint Boyer was getting frustrated uh, with Logano. Uh, at one Shocking. Time. Shocking um, for Clint Boyer to be but nothing, getting irritated. Nothing I saw post-race <laughs> where drivers, you know, no fights or anything like that. So bump and banging, that's all short track racing. That's what makes it exciting. Yeah, it really does. And and I, it's interesting that Clint Boyer, he finished seventh today. This guy's kind of had – we follow him because he's from the local area here, and he's he's a good guy, and he's, he's a lot of fun to follow. He, <laughs> he always has something great to say after the race. I, I know last week – he made a comment about Kurt Bush or Kyle Bush, and he said, "You know, the kid's kind of a pain in the butt, but man, does he know how to drive a race car?" And, yeah. and that's so true. But I always love following Clint. Follow him on Twitter. He's he's awesome oh, to follow. It's hilarious. He, was it a couple weeks ago? Uh, gosh, where the the seasons flying by? Uh, was it Vegas a couple weeks ago? We were in California last week. Vegas was three weeks ago. Man, or. Well, anyways, a couple weeks ago, he was just he had a little bit of drinks in on an airplane and was commenting about that. Just if you don't follow Clint Boyer or if you have Twitter, definitely follow him. Plus, he shares uh, photos of his kid and uh, just funny and it's cool. To, Clint's definitely a fun guy to follow on social media. But this guy Clint is not really not really had a breakthrough race yet this season. He's he's had some problems. He had some problems at Daytona. He wrecked out. He, in fact, he caused one of the big ones in Daytona. But he's he's run pretty consistently, but just not in the top one, you know, first, second, third, not even in top fives, really. So I'm wondering if if we're going to see that breakout coming for him here soon. LB, you know, he this is the race he won last year, uh, so he obviously runs well at Martinville. Today, it's, you know, it's kind of nice to see after he had, I know, won uh, pit road speeding penalty to finish in the top 10, all of Stuart Haas, all of his rest of his teammates finished in the top 10. So it'll be interesting to see how he kind of runs once we go back to, uh, you know, mile and a half at Texas next week. And then I think we're back at Bristol at short track racing, which he's not one that I usually think of as being one of the top ones at Bristol. But um, Checking the points standings coming out of Martinsville, 
Your points leader is Kyle Busch, and I'm, that's no shock as well as he's run so far. Denny Hamlin is second. Kevin Harvick is third. Kevin Harvick hasn't made it to victory lane yet this year, but he's running consistently. He's running up front. I think it's just a matter of time for him to, to, to get his victory. And we're going at a track next week that he's – He's pretty he's, good at. Yeah. Joe Logano is fourth. Brad Keselowski is fifth. Eric Amarillo is sixth. Truex Jr. seventh. Eighth is Ryan Blaney. Ninth, Chase Elliott. Kurt Busch is tenth. There's a name suspiciously missing from the top ten in points, and I'm wondering if it's time to be concerned about the 48 team. Yeah, today, I mean, Johnson used to, looking back, actually that's Texas, but I mean, Hendrick Motorsports it used to be Jimmy Johnson – Jeff Gordon and they really they dominated this track especially Johnson and I don't know where that team was at today he finished 24th but that is just uncharacteristic of and I know you know he's new crew chief things like that but you know are we even looking if things if there's not some kind of change up Johnson you know one what Jeff Gordon started back in 2015 and Tony Stewart um, a lot of these drivers, there comes a time when you want to fin- you don't want to finish when you're, you know, in the back. You don't want to be one of those guys as Johnson. But then again, I mean, it could just be a couple some things to figure out. Still a long season ahead, but is he looking at possibly maybe the end of? I don't. It's just something to think about right now, just because of you know all the drivers in the last few years that have left. And well, it's, it's, it's curious in the fact that the change in crew chiefs really hasn't made a difference in this team. They're still running the way they did last season. And everybody thought, well, oh, gosh, you're breaking up Chad and Jimmy. What, you know, was it time? Was it not time? Is this a good move by Mr. Hendrick? Is it not a good move? Um, at this point in time, it doesn't look like anything has changed really for that team. And, you're right. I think it's – are we beginning to think – start thinking about the fact that maybe Jimmy Johnson is no longer going to be the dominant driver in the Cup Series? And and for someone like him as a veteran of that team, that whole – I mean, Chase Elliott had a good run today, but I'm looking at last week and uh, – I had my notes all mixed up here. Um, but, I mean, Hendrick Motorsports themselves haven't had uh, too great of a year. Um, yeah, last week at Auto Club Speedway in California, um, I don't see any Hendrick Motorsports in the top ten there. And uh, Johnson did have, you know, number eight at, in Phoenix. But Chase has kind of become – I mean, obviously, since Junior's left, Chase Elliott has been voted as most popular driver. And he's been – not as consistent though, but that whole team isn't what you know, Hendrix Motorsports was. Well, and it it also could be the, the thought occurs to me that really this could be possibly part of adjusting to this new car and some of the new stuff. They may be just a little bit behind. You know, every time they make changes to the car, there's always certain teams or certain models um, that that get adjusted to the new the new specifications and the new everything quicker than everybody else. And usually it's Hendrick who's ahead of the curve every time when that happens. But maybe this time, and actually really the Chevys are not running that great this season. And, and maybe it is, I don't know. It's just pure speculation on my part that it could be getting used to the new car. But I think if you're a fan of Hendrick Motorsports, it might be 
time to be a little bit concerned about that team. And for uh, Chevy's right now, looking at you know the past few weeks, not so much today, but he finishes outside the top ten. Uh, Kurt Busch uh, has almost been the top Chevy this now, now with the Chip Canass. Um, you know, he finished twelfth today, and uh, let's see, at Auto Club, uh, he was six. At Phoenix, uh, I don't think he was in the top ten there, but I mean he's. Done decently he's, he's well. Really, he's really turned that team around. He, he came to that team, and, and I think he's, he's brought some new life to that team, and they've run really well this season. And I, I think before this season is up, you'll see Kurt Busch with a victory or two because he is, he is a talented driver. And, and, uh, but it's, it's good to see that team kind of make a comeback because for, for a while, and I don't mean to dog Jamie McMurray, but, but Jamie McMurray is not as talented a driver as Kurt Busch is. So I think if – I think you're absolutely right. I think if anybody is carrying the, the torch for Chevrolet this season so far in the races we've had, it's Kurt Busch that is, uh, is the leading driver for Chevrolet. The Fords, what can you, t- what can you say about those Fords from Penske? Yeah, Penske, and even, even though they haven't had a win yet this year, I mean, Stuart Haas has been pretty consistent. Uh, impressive that all of them was able to get a top 10 today. Kevin Harvick, he's, he's looking at a win and, soon he'll be there um and, and ryan blaney as well i mean ryan blaney he's not had a win yet this season but he's been up there up front running and yeah penske and Stuart haas the fords or i mean, penske almost gives i mean they have two or three wins bush and hamlin this season but those two four teams are just been so dominant this year and, and penske all three of those guys being up front well, as you look at the point standings, the only Chevrolet in the top ten is Chase Elliott. Wow. Which is hard. I mean, that's just almost stunning. Almost stunning. You have Toyotas and Fords that just are dominating the top ten. With, with Bush, well, Bush is in a Toyota. Hamlin's in a Toyota. Harvick's a Ford. Logano's a Ford. Kozlowski's a Ford. Amarillo's a Ford. Truex Jr.'s a Toyota. Ryan Blaney's a Ford. Chase Elliott a Chevy. And Kurt Busch is a Chevy. Well, I guess Kurt Busch, yeah, he's in, he's in the top ten there. But only two Chevys out of the top ten. I don't even think last year. Did we have any Chevys in the final four of the season? I mean, Chevys have not. I mean. I, you know, I can't remember. I can't remember who was in the final, the final four Chevy's last year. Chevys just, they've sort of been, you know, since last year, it seems like they've not. I mean, you still always see Chevrolet as the dominant. And with Dale Earnhardt Sr., Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson. Oh yeah, they they have they they've won the manufacturer's trophy year after year, and they've been really really strong. And I think maybe not that that, that we're experts on anything at all, but we may be onto something with them being a little bit behind the curve on this new new car. I really do. And ever since Stuart Haas has gone to Ford, they've just continued to be dominant. They've been able to handle that change uh, the last few years since they've been Ford. And Joey Logano. Uh, his win last year in the championship gave Ford uh, their first championship since Kurt Busch in 2004. Well, you think about you think about Ford and how they've run in the past, and who really was the dominant Ford team, you know, in the past, and that was Roush Fenway, you know, and and back then it was just Roush Racing, and and they were they were the dominant Ford cars, and uh, they've been through some tough times, and and still really haven't come all the way back, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to when you really sit down and take a look at this and see the manufacturers. Uh, 
I'm sure the the folks at Chevrolet are looking at things and trying to figure this out because they don't they don't want to be left out of the top ten or they don't want to be left out of the championship for sure. And even uh, another Chevrolet team, uh, Richard Childress. I mean, Austin Dillon he was 11th today, and he's sort of been the only kind of top car in that team the last few years, but he still maybe has one win a season. But that team used to be. Uh, Dominant, but it seems like ever since Harvick left that team, uh, they've not had been they've in just, the top. Yeah, they've just they've just Hendrick for years was was the top team. There was no doubt about it with Gordon and Johnson. Richard Childress was a top team, and then you started to have you started to have these second tier. Gibbs Joe Gibbs Racing was always a top team. But then you then, then Roush kind of became a second tier team, and then you had all these other second tier teams, and I'm I'm almost it's I almost hate to say it, but it's almost like Richard Childress Racing has just kind of lost something, and and now I almost maybe wait a little bit longer, but I I almost would would think they're a second tier team now because they just really Ryan Newman left that team, you know, like you said, Harvick left that team. He's got his grandson in there. And, and not taking anything away from Austin Dillon, he's young, he's not experienced, but it's kind of sad to see that team just kind of, just kind of be there and not really be a dominant force. Yeah, I mean, and even Paul Menard that left, you know, a couple of years ago there. Um, yeah, yeah. But Paul Menard though, honestly, what did Paul? Okay, he won. He won at the Brickyard. You know, but really, yeah, it was pretty much Newman uh, that I feel was. I, and he had like a cut, just a couple wins. I mean, he did get you know make the final four in twenty fourteen, but then that was sort of the last time that team was close to the championship. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I not to be well, I guess I'll I'll be opinionated. I think if Paul Menard's father didn't have tons and tons of money and sponsored him everywhere he went, I don't think he'd have a job in in the Cup Series. But that's just that's just my opinion. Never to be humble opinion, by the way. Something else I want to chat about here that I noticed today. Man, the the attendance at Martinsville, there were so many empty seats there today. And I that has me a little concerned because Martinsville was one of those tracks that usually was sold out, packed out, because it was great racing. And I, I'm we're seeing a lot of empty seats this season, and I thought we were coming back. I thought things were turning around. But man, I was I was a little concerned about the attendance at Martinsville today. Yeah, and that's something you know that seems like at all tracks the last few years. Kind of look at the stands. Um, I remember you know at Kansas, always sold out. You know now they have two races, but I think NASCAR is still figuring out how did they need you know, they need to figure out their marketing. I mean, and we've lost, you know, so many top guys these last few years that there's probably, you know, and drivers going from team to team. It's so hard to stay with a favorite driver over the years. Even, you know, I went with Chase Elliott right away after Gordon retired, but then Chase has, you know, switched numbers on me. Not a big deal. But there's things like that happening. I know I've had family members that want to be Clint Boyer fans, but then Boyer would switch teams and – I think it's just uh, one of the things that made NASCAR so appealing. I remember when I first started watching it back in 2000, 2001, they used to have really fun commercials, better than Super Bowl commercials. commercials and that was all year long. Mm-hmm. 
And my parents, who they don't follow racing really anymore, they that kind of they had them watching NASCAR. And just there's been so many changes in the sport, rules changes, you know, different packages that uh, they need to just find a way to get people out there. I think that Kansas Speedway does a really good job of making it family friendly, especially for the May night race mm-hmm. coming up. Right. That really promoting, you know, parking's free. You can bring outside food and drinks in as long as it's not glass. And they really try to bring in the families out there. And for the most part, I mean, it seems they seem to have still decent crowd sizes out there for the cup races in Kansas. But, yeah, it's a place like Martinsville, so iconic to NASCAR to see it not totally you know, full uh, is a bit concerning. And I wonder, I wonder. I know we went through several years where the the economy was really tough on on racing fans because, honestly, if you if you're going to travel to a race, you have you have whether you fly or whether you drive, you have you have you know you have fuel expenses, you have hotel expense, you have food expense, you have ticket expense, you have food at the speedway expenses, and I'm I'm wondering if maybe that that still hasn't quite all gone away because. I got to tell you, it's an expensive proposition to go to a race. Yeah, and I've I've only been you know for Cup Race Kansas, but I know um, my aunt and uncle, uh, and I mean the recession in two thousand eight, um, he got laid off for a bit of his job with the unified government, Wanat County, and he gave up his season tickets. You know, and he had gone since the first race in two thousand one. Besides, when he was overseas in 03, um for the Navy. But he gave up, and then once he gave up the tickets, he was kind of like, you know, it's not that bad just kind of staying at home, watching it. He would still, you know, I think one time he went up to tailgate, um, and he ended up buying tickets in the parking lot. But there's some people that, you know, they take a break, and it's kind of like, wow, you know, it's fun, but it's kind of nice on having to deal with the parking. It's, you know, summertime, you know, the fall race, when the race is at like 1 p.m., uh, you got to get there early. Traffic lines—it's a long day. And then if you if you know the speedway in the fall, if you go to the Xfinity and the Cup, I mean it's a full weekend. And you're usually—I like to take that Monday off if I'm going to the track because you are worn out. And and so there could be people with the like you were saying the effects with the economy, just have kind of stopped and they've been kind of like you know it's not been too bad. Well, I think too something that plays into this is technology is the fact that, that, that I can sit at my house and, and I covered NASCAR races for a lot of years. And, uh, I went to the track as a, as a reporter for a lot of years. And, and the fact that I can sit at home at my house and watch a race on a big screen TV and not have to stand in line, not have to wait for a restroom, not have to, to you know, spend a hundred bucks on food. I think that I think technology really has maybe impeded some fans from going to the track because you now you don't even have to go to the track to listen to the scanners because you can you can there are options online where you can listen to your favorite driver scan and scanner you, traffic just like you would at the raceway. So really, if you're sitting at your house and and it's the middle of July and and it's you know you're sitting in your air conditioned house in your favorite chair with your big screen TV, your remote. Man, that's kind of hard to beat. I used to uh, a couple years ago. I no longer have cables, but I used to, when I had cable and living in Topeka, 
I would, I had my iPad and then I had my smartphone and I would, I'd be at my brother's place and he didn't have cable, but because I did, I could sign on to the, you know, Fox Sports app or uh, other sports app and I'd watch the race on my iPad because it was a bigger screen and then on my phone I would follow in-car cameras the entire race of Chase Elliott or one of the other drivers that the whole race you can just look at the in-car camera and yeah technology has definitely made a difference on NASCAR um in a way I mean maybe people still watching it but it could be hurting maybe attendance at the tracks but I encourage you if you if you've not been out to the speedway uh, and here in Kansas in Kansas City Kansas if you've not been out to the speedway if you're a fan, you've got to get out to a race at least once in your lifetime because it's it's so different than watching it on TV and and the, you can't TV doesn't do justice to the speed of the cars and and the sounds and the crowds and the really I've never had a bad experience at a racetrack with with fans or anything because it's just like a big it's like a big party it's a big family and everybody gets along and there's really not any. And I, Not I, any really trouble or anything like that. It's just a great experience. And one of the things, you know, Kansas for, you know, around here, that's the one track people will have an easy time making it out to. Ever since they repaved that track in 2012, uh, Kansas has been – so I remember I was there the April 2012 race right before they started the repavement. And when I went back a couple years later – wow the difference on the speed of cars and kansas has been an exciting race to watch um and i'm excited for texas next week as well yep that's right next week we're headed to the the big state of texas and texas motor speedway which is a gigantic place man i've been there several times to cover races and it's you stand in the middle of that place and and it's it's a mile and a half track just like kansas speedway but it feels and i know all all of our texas friends will say well everything is bigger in texas well in this case, I would agree with them because that place is massive. It's great. It's got great racing. It's got high speeds. It's got 24, de- I think it's still 24-degree banking. And it's an awesome place to see a race. I just hope that the weather doesn't play a factor and they can get the race in and not have to delay till a Monday like they've had to in the past. But I'm and, looking forward to Texas. And the way. giant screen they have, Big Hoss is what it's called. Is it the biggest one, or is I? And I can't remember if that one's the biggest screen. At a, a it's either that one or Dallas or Cowboys. I can't remember, but it's pretty big. Yeah, and drivers will even like watch replays on it or look at it as they're driving by, uh, which is impressive. And Texas is a it's a fun place to go to, and it's 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 not a bad drive if you're in Kansas City to go down and catch a race there because it's a great facility, and now. Back when it first opened, where where it's where it's at, there was nothing around there. The, the roads in and out of there were two lane roads. Traffic was ridiculous in the very beginning, but now they've they've widened the roads and there's there's play, there's shopping centers and everything. There's an outlet mall right there. I just drove through there a couple months ago, and it's they've really built up around the speedway and it's now become a destination. Uh, you know, you can do other things than just go to the track. So. It's a great place to race, and we're going to see some great racing. And I think we may see somebody break this block of, of Penske, Gibbs, and Victory Lane. I think we're going to see somebody else get there. Who do you think – who's your pick for next week in Texas? It's so hard. You know, a, a year ago in the spring race, Kyle Busch won at Texas. It's so hard not to think – Shocking. It's, it's, Kyle Busch won. <laughs> it's, it's so hard not to think. But then just last fall and the year before, uh, Kevin Harvick um, – 
went in there. It, so I sort of want to pick him. He hasn't done bad this year. But it, it's so hard not, as much as Kyle Busch has been on on a streak, it's so hard not to go with him. But, oh, gosh. Like, you want to go to Kev. Uh, this one is so tough. Like, <laughs> at this point, it's like, why would I not want to go with the – and even, you know, Penske has run well at Texas. Um it's so hard. Why wouldn't you go with you know Penske or Logano, Kozlowski, and then Kyle Busch, uh, but then Kevin Harvick and Truex, you know they're great. So we're back, you know, mile and a half tracks for them. Gosh, this is a tough one. Well, I'll tell you I'll, while you're thinking, I'll let you know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Martin Truex Jr. I really think that that you know he's so dominated the mile and a half tracks the last few couple of years and he runs really well there. He, he, he ran well at Texas last year. I, I just think this is going to be the breakout weekend for, for Martin Truex Jr. And, and uh, I think he'll bring a victory again. It'll be Joe Gibbs racing, but I think, I think Truex Jr. will be the guy to, to, to take the victory in Texas this year. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go with Kevin Harvick. Um, yeah, I think he's going to bring the Stuart Haas, boards to victory lane for the first time this season uh, all four of them again top 10 today he was the furthest up right outside the top five and six uh, but I think that uh, he's gonna uh, make it just like he did in the fall well we probably doomed both of them from ever getting to victory <laughs> lane in Texas that's why I don't bet on sports because I'm not very good at picking them. I was close today. We didn't. We weren't able to talk after Auto Club last week, but I did. Earlier this week, we talked who we would pick today, and I mentioned Chase. Where Chase were, is my driver. You were close, and so I'm glad that I didn't curse him too bad. Second place, I'll take that. Well, whatever happens next week, we'll be back here to chat about it with you guys, and uh, we appreciate you listening in. Appreciate you downloading the podcast, and we'll be here nearly every week after the NASCAR race to talk about it and just share a fan's perspective. And uh, so join us next week right here on the Fox 4 Racing Podcast. Everyone have a great week. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, They'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.